Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello. Welcome back to Going There. That was weird. I feel like that was so serious. Like, welcome back to Going There. there. Going Our there. GT galleys. Girlies. Yeah. Girlies. Girlies. Welcome Anyways, going welcome there. back. Yeah. We have a really exciting interview today, and we are super excited to sit down with Jessica Clark Higgins. So welcome, Jessica, to Going There. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to chat with y'all. Yeah, we are just saying, so if anyone follows you on Instagram, you are an esthetician. We'll talk all about the fun skincare things. You're an esthetician. Is that what your title would be? Yep, that's okay. it. And we were joking that I don't think I've ever seen any prettier skin. I oh, no, feel like so you good. would say the same. Yes. And so you got on Zoom and we're like, oh my gosh, it's just as pretty with like Zoom lighting <laughs> as it is on Instagram. So we're just like she admiring your beauty. Thank yes. you. Yeah. That means a lot to me. It's super, super hot in Denver today. And I've been outside all day. And if you follow me on Instagram, I struggle with melasma and it always mm-hmm. comes out on days like this. So I'm happy to know that it doesn't look like I have shadows all over no. my face. Oh, no, like girl. Hey, you can <laughs> get some tips. I, I was going to say, I have melasma. So yeah. I need to hear all your tips. Yeah. So oh, bad. you can chat all about yeah. it. It yes. is a tough skin condition. It's Wait, so hard. So you said it's really hot in Denver. Well, we go to, I'm going to be in Colorado in a couple of weeks, up in the mountains more. But I'm like, what are you considering? I mean, you're from Nashville. So I guess you know hot. But what is hot in Denver today? It is 105 today. <gasps> oh, oh, that's my hot. gosh. Is it a heat wave there? Or is, can that be normal? Yeah. No, we're getting the heat wave. It's our hottest day of the year. And Ugh. it's supposed to be this hot for the rest of the week. It's literally just today. Oh, oh that's gosh. bad. Is that's it very hot. because, you know, like a Nashville heat, is it a easier heat, though? It's not as like that muggy, you can't breathe or is it still pretty bad? It's a little easier because it's not humid. Yeah. But I will say with Colorado, there's very few places that have air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Because you only oh. sit for like a month out yes. of the year. Where we stay in oh. up in the mountains like does not have air conditioning. My house doesn't have air conditioning. Wait, what? Yeah. That's insane. So it gets like nasty. So what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you have fans? I have fans. I'm actually with a friend down in the city and she's staying in a hotel. So that's where I'm doing this interview from because it has air conditioning. So that's a little bit better. But in our house, we have like a window unit in our primary bedroom. I have like a cooling pad for our mattress. So we make it work, but... Oh, that's unbearable. So is that terrible to sleep sleep in those conditions? Yeah, the sleeping would get me. So is that really, I mean, I guess it is normal if I say like this hotel that we stay at every year doesn't have it. And then you're saying your house, is that pretty common though? Like when you go to buy a house, is that something that they'll advertise like this home does have air conditioning or is that a luxury? It depends on the area and how old the house is. Okay. Because back in the day before global warming or Mm. whatever you think about the environment. Yeah. It wasn't quite as warm, okay. I guess. And so like our house, we're farther west. We're into the foothills. Okay. So technically, we live in a mountain house that was built in the 80s. Okay. So they really just didn't need it at all. Yeah. But now we do need air conditioning, but it is pretty expensive to put into your whole house yeah. and the house isn't insulated for it. So it would be like a whole thing. So oh, I've yeah. told my husband, like, it's something for us to save up for before we have kids. So yeah. our kids don't roast. So we'll see. 
I never even really thought about that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I've definitely been places that don't have them. Yeah, that's that makes sense because one summer we were there, we always go like the first week of August. Normally, I don't notice it. Like you sleep with the windows open. It's magical. But one summer, like two years ago, my daughter was younger. And I remember in her crib, I would like get her up and she was like sweating really bad Ugh. in her sleep. And we were all just miserable. It's like one of those you go shower for the day and then you're like drying your hair and you're just immediately dripping again. I hate that too. That's the worst. Okay, will you introduce yourself? Because we're just going on a tangent. (laughs) Which we do. in Colorado. But yes, introduce yourself. Tell us about you, your work, your hobbies, relationships, all that. I am Jessica Clark Higgins. I came on the scene, as you would say, (laughs) because I married someone who used to be The Bachelor. He was The Bachelor about eight years ago now. His name is Ben Higgins. And we have been married for almost two years now. We live in Denver, Colorado, where I have a skincare clinic. I am an acne specialist and a licensed medical esthetician. And those are like my big things in my life. We have a dog named Waylon Jennings Higgins. And I call him the light of my life and the bane of my existence. And that's so fun. I do have to say, I have a wedding planning business here in Columbia, and your wedding dress I have always been obsessed with. The oh, sleeves, not to look it so up. good. I can't, like, the sleeves, Thank they were like you. detachable sleeves. They were yeah, like oh, pretty. That they like were cuffs up at the top Love on like her that. bicep. So good. So they actually were made from my mom's wedding dress. Oh, so pretty. Okay, any bride to bees out there? That's a cute guys, idea. It's beautiful. That's yes. awesome, guys. If you don't know yes. Jessica Clark Higgins or follow her, you definitely should because it's a fun follow. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I'm not like a curated social media girl. So even better. It's one of those yeah. things that you just throw stuff up and hope it sticks. You kind of just introduced in that. It's so funny to hear you say like, okay, I'm married to someone who used to be The Bachelor. It's so just casual and like we follow you and know you, but I'm sure you meet people all the time and having to like have that conversation, maybe if there's someone who doesn't know much about The Bachelor, I'm sure that's just such a loaded conversation. So tell us, how did you meet Ben for those of us who don't know the story and kind of what were your thoughts when you met him about, oh wait, you were The Bachelor. How did you feel about all that? Ben slid into my DMs very randomly. It was five years ago, back when Instagram Explore page was based on your location. So I was in Nashville working and he was in Nashville for a fundraiser. So my photo, I tagged my location. It popped up on his Explore page. He DM'd me from the photo. And when he did, he had a blue check mark, a million followers. And I'm like, what yeah. in the world? Like, yeah. me, what's happening? And so I showed it to my mom and my mom had watched the show, knew who he was. And she was like, you just need to figure out how he found you on Instagram. Yeah. So I did, went back and forth for a while, ended up FaceTiming because it was just immediate connection, I guess, Uh even via text. Wait, I have Um, to know, like, what did the DM say? Did it just say like, hey, you're cute. I want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, what did it say? I know. Well, his DM said something like, don't ask me how I found you, but if you're single and ever in Denver, I'd love to take you out to dinner. Oh, my oh, God. Okay, that's cute. That's yeah, really that's cute. You don't just, like, ignore a message like that. No, unless it's from, like, you a know. Creepy a creepy person. Stranger. But yeah. I'm like, this guy's. there's got to be some credibility here. Yeah. And so, yeah, I wasn't familiar with The Bachelor, but my mom had watched his season, and some of my family is very familiar, so... They were like, well, this is just bizarre. Like, Mm -hmm. we have to figure this out. So, yeah, we tried to get to the bottom of how he found me. And in the midst of that, I fell in love. 
<laughs> so fun. It's li- when you s- tell the story, it's literally like I think some girl's fantasy. Like I love that you didn't really watch The Bachelor, so you didn't know who he was. That would be some girl's fantasy that they would just bump into whoever they admire on TV or Instagram and that they would see them in a crowd see them on your explorer page so it's just weird to think that that can actually happen Well, yeah so like were you in the bachelor like at all or you're like i literally had never watched i'm not really a tv person or you had you like chosen not to watch or were you like that silly i don't know it was never really in my orbit i'd watched a couple of episodes and actually later on after ben and i had been on a couple dates my mom was like do you remember that you watched an episode of his season with me And I'm like, I really don't remember. But she's like, I remember because he came on the screen and you're like, I would date him or like someone like him. And now you're married to him. So that's I watched like peripherally some stuff, but I wasn't in Mm -hmm. Bachelor Nation. That's amazing. And it's helpful that I mean, I didn't watch this season. I came in kind of like after that. I knew of him as like he just came out of it in a really good light. Like it'd be a different thing if it was someone. Yeah, He was one of the best. I watched. Yeah, you did. We were all like, oh, my gosh, we love Ben. Well, because at that point, the show was so weird when there's random girls in Missouri that are saying, we love your husband. No, but, you know, the show. No, I get it. I feel like Ben was like in the middle. I feel like Ben was kind of in the middle of like a few weirder candidates. So like he came out that everyone like for sure as a Christian. I was like, wow, this is a stand up dude. Mm -hmm. His actions were really, I don't know, great. And he was very respectful, Mm -hmm. carried himself really well. And it's always I remember thinking, wow, it's obviously really cool that he can come out of reality TV and like still be upheld in Mm -hmm. that way. So I felt like he was like one of the good ones around that time. But what were your thoughts, though? So when you first heard he was on The Bachelor, were you just like, that's weird? Or were you like, do I even want to get involved? Did you have any feelings about it? I just asked a lot of questions. When we first started dating, it was pretty glamorous. He'd only been out of The Bachelor for like two or three years after we'd started dating he had been engaged. And so I had more questions about mm-hmm. his previous relationship than about the show to begin with. And then as we dated, we didn't post any photos together. He has a million Instagram followers yeah. and girls are coming up to him all the time. And I'm like, why won't you tell anyone you're dating me? Like, hello, uh, it's yeah. been three months. And he's like, just wait, it's going to be a little bit more than you're expecting. Yeah. You don't really understand. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I trust you. But I didn't really realize that it was going to be a big deal. And then when we finally did post a photo together, it got picked up by like all of these news outlets. I got 30,000 Instagram followers in one night. It was bigger than I thought it was going to be. So I think I went in a little naive and I'm actually very thankful for that because if I knew, I think I would have been far more anxious. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe being more thoughtful than every move you made from then on. I love that too, that you just still got to like be yourself and be like, okay, here's who I am. We'll just dive right in. Well, and cool that you guys had obviously built the trust that you're like, yes, I just met you. We've only been dating three months. I can trust that like you have a good idea in mind for why we should wait. Mm -hmm. But that would be hard because you're just like, what the heck, dude? Mm -hmm. What's happening? I'm like, are you embarrassed of me? I know I'm a little quirky, but hello. (laughs) We love a quirky. I'm like, I love the quirkiness. Oh, coming from two very quirky gals. Yes. There you go. So you've been married two years? We got married November 2021, so a little over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what has marriage then looked like? What has it looked like? You are obviously now, I mean, you said it yourself. You're like, I've come on the scene. Here I am. (laughs) So you do kind of live in this limelight of fame. So what has that looked like for you and Ben? How do you guys intentionally kind of guard your relationship? Or how do you guys think about what you keep private, what you make public? Obviously, I'm sure you guys have had a lot of those conversations. But what has that looked like? Because it's obviously not probably what you're planning for your life going into marriage. 
we've never even really talked about it. It's just kind of been like a natural thing of, well, we live in Denver, so we don't live in LA or New York or Nashville. We live a little bit farther out. We live up in the foothills. We don't even live in the city. Mm -hmm. So our life together is very private. I forget that people even know who we are until we go to an airport, to be honest. Our life day to day is super normal. I get up, I go to work, I come home from work. We're really intentional when I get home from work. Neither of us are on our phones. We just have time together because I work pretty long hours. So we don't really post each other that much anymore. We did more when we were dating, but now it's like, oh, he's just your husband, my husband. Yeah. Life. We get to do really cool things and go to really fun events But truly, like my life doesn't look that different from most people. I don't think it does, except then I remember that people do. If I choose to post what I'm doing that day, a lot of people see it. But I also forget that. Yeah, that's really the perfect mix of like you getting to truly just live your normal life, do what you love to do. But then you also get to have this platform in a way where, like you said, or even the opportunities of going to cool events or getting to do fun things. I was thinking, though, has it ever been hard? Christian and I have been married now, both of us eight years this summer, and we both have two kids. And so obviously, you know this. I mean, I think a week into marriage, I think like a day into marriage for my husband and I, we like, I think fought in the airport on our way to our honeymoon. I remember us bickering. He couldn't figure out where to go. And I was like, just ask for directions, that whole thing. So it doesn't take you very long into marriage to realize, oh, okay, like, obviously, this is hard. Is that ever weird sometimes to like, okay, this is obviously what happens behind the scenes. And then he goes out into the world, quote unquote, whether it's his podcast or on Instagram or whatever he's doing, a partnership. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, you yeah, put, almost like it's a like, stage then that you're like, yeah. oh, you are famous. You have to perform or act in this way. But then we also have a life like, you know, his all the worst sides of him, obviously, because that's the intimacy that comes with marriage. Is that ever weird or hard or you just know that's reality for everyone? Well, first of all, I'm so conflict averse. I avoid fights at all costs. We have our ups and downs. You have a really bad day together. You have a miscommunication, all of those things. When that happens, both he and I are pretty good about pulling back and not posting and just being with one another and trying to figure it out. And if he does have a post to do, you can just post it really quickly. I know it's an ad or whatever, and then you go back to normal. But we're both really terrible liars. And if we tried to get on our Instagram, be like, follow me around today when like we're not getting along, it would show right through. I don't feel like we do that quite as much, but marriage is really hard and it Mm -hmm. is an adjustment and you have to work at it every single day. But that's also like the fun adventure of it. We're very intentional. We are very good at separating those two things so that the marriage is first. And then if we're having a good day, post on Instagram. It's also it's like a fun and good reminder for us all, though. I mean, obviously, we all know this. Every time you talk to someone who may have any sort of fame, they're like, I'm a very normal person. I go to work. I go to the grocery store. I do these tasks. I have to clean my house. We know that and we hear that. But it's good just to hear that once again from you. We're really not any different. Yes, we argue. But yes, I think he's awesome. And we have a lot of fun. And this fame has brought really fun experiences. But you're like, our life looks very normal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes, it's a little weird than what I was maybe expecting. But it is at the end yeah. of the day, really normal. I do my job and mm-hmm. come home. I know. Yeah. I wish I had something more exciting no. to share. And our friends are so cool. And mm-hmm. we have, it's almost like a double life, mm-hmm. but day to day, it is, it's super normal. And actually that's something that I was talking to Chris Harrison earlier today. Oh, and I remember that's not, story. that's, you said that so casually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was for his podcast. Oh, cool. He was just asking 
about me and Ben and all the things. And I'm like, do you remember Chris told Ben when he was the bachelor that this experience should enhance his life and not Mm. change his life. And Ben Mm. talks about that with every decision he makes is his platform and all of the things, is it enhancing his life or changing his Mm. life? And he's been so intentional with that. And I think that's why our life looks the way it does because he sees this platform as a life enhancement and something fun to do as opposed to his entire identity, which has been so special for us. That's so good. I do not mm-hmm. remember that on his season, but that's amazing advice. I mean, others that is should like, have followed that. Yeah. I'm like, others should have you followed know, that. And that's so cool to hear you say, though, too, because I think to anyone listening right now, you might have a thousand followers on Instagram or you might have a hundred thousand. And regardless, we all can do that in certain ways, whether it's putting too much finding purpose in our job or maybe your relationship or if you're a mom, your kids or there's a million different things that we can put our identity in. And that's basically what you're saying, like the filter bin and probably, you know, too kind of runs things through now of am I finding my identity in this or is this just like you said, an enhancement to life? And so anyone, whether you're famous or not, needs to, I think, view life like that, too, of like, where am I finding my actual identity? And that has to stay solid and firm or else everything else is going to like eventually crumble, in my opinion. And I think if you believe in God and follow Jesus, that's what he teaches us too. And a good reminder for us all, obviously you and Ben have the opportunity. You have a big influence. A lot of people would say you guys are influencers. And I think that's kind of gotten a bad rap when really we all as Christ followers get the opportunity to be an influencer in whatever area we are. We all have a sphere of influence. If that is 10 people, if that's the two kids in your home, that's your sphere Mm -hmm. of influence. And you guys just happen to say, yeah, ours may be really large. And so we want to steward this well. Talk to us about that. Obviously, you and Ben do believe in Jesus and you're outward about your faith. But what does that look like? How does that change? Maybe how you guys see your platform, how you guys see your purpose. What's that been like? How has that experience looked like? I'll go from like a very small example to a larger example. So very small example. I don't ever want to be negative on social media. I try and talk about the issues I'm going through so that maybe another woman can relate to that because I think that we all have similar struggles, but I do try and come from a more positive approach or from like, yeah, maybe I'm struggling with my identity with my body today, but like I have a bigger identity and I understand that, but we can also solve these struggles and that kind of thing. But with that positivity spin, I'll never like bash a skincare company. I'll talk about the ones I like, but I try not to be like negative. I want for people to come to my page and know they're just getting positivity and hopefully relatability. On a larger scale, we were very outspoken about the fact that Ben and I waited to have sex until we were married. That was important for us, for people to know. And it wasn't in a way to like shame people or to say it was all because of our religion, but it was a respect thing and like how we navigated that and the way that he respected me and that being my decision and all of the things I think was really important for younger women to hear or just women that are my age and dating or older women or all of the things is how you navigate that with a partner. So we have chosen to speak about things like that just try and come from a place of positivity. And then Ben with his platform has decided to start a coffee company called Generous that donates 100% of its profits. And that's what he spends all of his time on social media talking about. He's such a really, really special and generous person, which is why he does that. But I think we just have been ourselves. I really do try and stay super positive on there, which 
sometimes people could think is inauthentic or something like that. But if I'm not feeling positive that day, I just won't yeah. go on. No. Well, and we all know the reality is that if you can't then comprehend at this point on social media that people are putting out most of the time their best stuff, even if you come on more in a raw state or something, that's the point. Like no one, some people do, I guess, are jumping on as they're crying. Actually, people do that. Yeah, we were some people do that. that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'm, weird, like, but... I'm not going to jump on Instagram when my five-year-old is throwing a fit or I'm like sobbing about something going on in my life. I'm just not going to do that. Like you said, I might want to share about that later and share my experience. But I think there's a healthy boundary in that too. I'm sure the women in your life, your family, your community, your people, they get access to those like sacred areas. And then there's things like even on this podcast, we've both been super open about things in our life, but there's a boundary of no, like my people in my life know about that. And maybe in a year or six months, I feel comfortable sharing that. But I think there's something really wise too about knowing how to spin things or like how to share things. Well, I think that just takes a lot of wisdom, too. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you guys have figured that out and you're saying, hey, I want to like steward this platform. Well, again, you have a large one and you have a voice of a lot of people. Have you had any experiences of that kind of like, I don't know, flipping on you and people being really angry about things you guys have done? How do you guys handle that? And again, the area that you guys are in with this fame, is that like ignoring? Do you choose to dig in? Is that hard for you all? What's that looked like for you guys? It is hard. Both of us, I would say, lean more towards people pleasers. And so you can't please all these people that follow you. Lots of people like to hate follow. And Mm -hmm. you do get a lot of negative feedback and you're not going to do or say everything correctly. And especially in 2020, I think there was a lot of just sensitivity and it was really scary to get on and post anything because Mm -hmm. you were leaving out people or you were coming from a place of privilege, which absolutely, yes, we Mm -hmm. always are coming from a place of privilege, but that was a very scary time to post anything. And it was hard to like be authentic in that because you were so nervous what people would say. But I think that that's calmed down a little bit more. And truthfully, I don't read my DMs like in the hidden folder. I just don't. And when I first got a following, my mom would go through my DMs and delete them for me if they were like negative because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a sensitive flower. I literally can't do it. (laughs) And then Instagram came out with these things where you can like block certain comments. So both Ben and I have keywords that would trigger us that are blocked so we can't even see them. So we have all of the parameters in place. I don't spend a lot of time looking at any of that, Mm -hmm. which could make me not a great influencer or not a great content creator, but it's what's helped my mental health. And so I feel like Ben and I both have started other things where social media isn't our complete identity. Well, and something I want to go back to when you were talking just a minute ago, not to like just so hype you up, but kind of to hype you up. I was thinking about as you were talking about how in the small ways that you just try to be positive on Instagram. So maybe people that would just follow you wouldn't know like, oh my gosh, this girl follows Jesus. Like maybe if you're not speaking on that specifically that day, they wouldn't know that. But I think there's something about you, even talking to you the last 20 minutes or so, that you just radiate joy. And I think that is how we can set ourselves apart. We don't have to be shouting it always. And there are times I think where we have to be bold about what truth is and like what we believe in, like you guys did with not having sex before marriage. And so it's cool that because you guys had already built trust with people just in the way that you were like kind and joyful and maybe brought like some peace to people's Instagram feed. Then when you want to share those 
harder truths to maybe some people or things that a lot of people in our culture would disagree with, I think it gives people the opportunity to listen instead of immediately being like, oh my gosh, no, all you do is shout your faith and like shove it down our throat or you come off that you're like so better than the rest of the world. And so I don't know. I just want to say I'm noticing that in you right now, just talking to you. And so I love hearing that there's intention behind that on Instagram. Like you want people to be drawn to ultimately maybe something bigger than just who you are as like Jessica or who Ben is. I just think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that also, Mm -hmm. because that has been intentional with me, at least you could get on there and share a Bible verse every single day, but I don't want to ever exclude someone from wanting to follow me Mm -hmm. because they're feeling confused or they feel like they don't fully understand what I'm talking about. So I would rather someone be brought in and then me post something from my quiet time that day, just randomly Mm -hmm. and then ask more questions as opposed to being like, oh my gosh, I don't understand. And now I'm feeling like isolated and confused. I would rather us just all be sitting at a table. Love that. And like really genuinely walking alongside someone. Again, like I think that's the example that we get to see in Jesus. He wants to care and love for people. And so in the platform that you've been given, how do I do that well? Obviously, a lot of different people can do it different ways. And yeah, the way that you have chosen to do it is really positive. It's really impactful and really joy filled, which is awesome to see. Mm -hmm. You touched a bit ago about your mental health and you've posted a bit about this, that you have kind of been on a journey. Really, I mean, I think the post talked about like the last year, but talk to us about this. Where are you at in your mental health? What have you learned? What have you specifically learned about God's character? And just talk to us about that. So my mental health journey started in high school. I was a really competitive athlete. I developed an eating disorder when I was about 17, and it's manifested itself in about three different ways throughout my life. So it's been restrictive. It's been binging. It's been a little bit of both. So I've gotten treatment for it three different times. When I first got treatment, my grandmother had worked in a hospital in New York City in the eating disorder unit. So I actually went on spring break with my grandparents and my Nana sat me down and she Mm -hmm. was like, you understand she's Italian. She's Mm -hmm. a firecracker. She was like, you understand that you're going to deal with this for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life. And I remember seeing them being like, no, I'm not like this is a one off situation, but you really do. When that is something, it truly can become an addiction of sorts. Mm -hmm. And I do have an addictive personality and this is just where I am. Last year, my eating disorder came back. It was a mix. I think of just the newness of marriage and Ben was traveling a lot. I was alone a lot. I was not used to being alone like that. It was just a lot of change. I was completely overwhelmed. And that was what I resorted to as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. So last year was a really weird year in general. It was supposed to be in my head, I was like, this is going to be such a happy year. It's my first year of marriage, but it's the hardest year of my life. Mm -hmm. I went to treatment again, just with a therapist and got help for that. And this year has been such a year of healing and of figuring out who am I outside of all those things? And how can I lead a healthy life that's healthy mentally and physically? And that also is not quite as selfish and all of the things I'm in a very good place. I've learned a lot about God's graciousness and the way that he calls you back to him when you are running far, far away. Because when I do get into those seasons of life, I feel like I am just completely shunning him because I don't want to hear who he says I am. I want to hear who I say I am. And the reminder from him, you are mine and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't even matter what you feel like you're mine. And I love you no matter what your day is like. I could 
get emotional thinking about just that love that envelops you and remember that. So I'm um, actually emotional right now just because you're speaking truth of whether it's an eating disorder or not. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is just like truth that I really do think we have to remind ourselves daily or we're so easily slipped into like creating that. Like you're saying, like, who do I say I am versus who God says I am? Sorry to interrupt, but I'm like, why am I getting emotional? For you, like you are more than a mom. You are more Mm -hmm. than a wife. Mm -hmm. You are so special. That's something that I had to remember because with everything we've been talking about, like I can get wrapped in like, I am Ben's wife. Mm -hmm. I am an esthetician. Mm -hmm. I am all these things. I would be none of that if I was not God's first. Mm -hmm. And none of that matters if I forget that I am God's first, then none of that matters. That's something that I've this year, especially just continued to go back to in that even just saying it out loud brings me this overwhelming wave of peace. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters. It just really doesn't. What matters is that I'm his, that I love other people well, and that I just do the best I can. And there's so much freedom in that. So right now I'm just trying to live in this space of freedom and I'm trying to give up more control, but that is awesome. Well, yeah, thank you thank, for sharing yeah, all of that. Seriously. It. Thanks yeah. for your vulnerability. I think that's just so amazing that you share that because I think a lot of people could look at your life mm-hmm. and people in your position and be like, they have everything together. They have no problems. They have the husband. They have the job. They live in the life. They have all the money. And I think you're mm-hmm. sitting here and saying like, all of that could leave and I'm still okay because I have mm-hmm. God and he's holding me. He's the one holding me together. It's a good reminder for me because I'm like, can I say that's true? If my husband leaves today or my job leaves today or whatever may happen, am I still okay? Yes, because God has me. And such a truth that we can all cling to in whatever season that may be. So thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. awesome. It's hard too because I think sometimes when we say things like that, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's such a la la way to live. That's not reality. But I think the how we all kind of were just feeling when you were speaking about God's character of like who He says we are versus who we tell ourselves we are. It's like when you've experienced that peace that comes from that, it doesn't seem like la la land. It's real to us. Actually, what you're clinging to in the darkest place. Yeah. But talk to us about that. I would love. I mean, this is kind of a different question that I was gonna ask, but I'm curious to know. Speak to the girl that, like, if you could sit yourself down or sit a girl down who's struggling with the same thing, how do you get to that Mm -hmm. place? Like, how do you remember God's? You mentioned His graciousness and His goodness and His just care to like come back to you time and time again in the depths of the darkness of mental illness or whatever struggle you're going through, how do you come back to that? What's that actually look like for you? For me, it was completely hitting rock bottom, getting down to a really unhealthy weight, getting super sick, having a lot of people approach you and Mm -hmm. tell you you are really sick Mm -hmm. and you taking that and thinking that it was a good thing. It was a lot of different rock bottoms. And if you feel like you're at rock bottom, what really saved me was letting other people in. I talk all the time. I don't have a problem sharing any of this because for me, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And if I can be vulnerable and it can invite someone else to call their mom and say like, I think I'm dealing with this or invite a friend in or tell their husband, Hey, I do this when you're not home or whatever it is that makes all of this worth it. And so my biggest advice and what's helped me is inviting other people in, even my grandmother on that mm-hmm. spring break trip, like yeah. inviting her into my struggle has mm-hmm. saved me so many times because I know I can always call her when I'm in a dark place. Mm-hmm. And God created us for community, which is another little cheesy thing yeah. that Christians say, but it is true. You can't live this life isolated. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And you have to have this community 
holding you accountable and encouraging you and loving you in the darkest. And I've been in this really deep, dark place so many times in my life. And I've had the same friends since I was five. People love you even in those dark places. And so if that's where you're sitting and if you're afraid of being rejected or of someone not loving you in this season, let that fear go away and invite somebody in because people love you for you and not because of how you come off or how you are perceived by others. So many good things there. Gosh, yeah. I hope everyone can feel the hope. I mean, even just listening to you, even what your grandmother said, like you will forever struggle with that. And I think, wow, gosh, how does she sit here and think that? Obviously on a high, you're like, I was just at rock bottom and Mm -hmm. I'm not there now. And so I'm going to be joyful and praise God in that, knowing that in the future you could hit another rock bottom. And I think it's awesome to hear your hope. But still, if another time comes, I still have the love and security of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I am still in his protection, in his care, in his love. And therefore I can be joyful mm-hmm. and hopeful, which is awesome. So that's and really I also think it's important to have those people that like tell you the real hard yeah. stuff. My grandmother telling me that when I do hit a rock bottom, I'm like, okay, this is yeah. it. We're yeah. going to bounce back. You don't back. feel crazy. Like, You're like, we can handle this. Happen. What did so, we yeah. say on an episode recently? And we were like, not trying to scare people because there's different circumstances. Maybe you move to a new city and don't know anyone yet. But we were saying something like, if you don't have someone or if you're a person... You're like, wow, no one's ever pushed me on something or called me out. That could be maybe like a red flag in your life. Are you someone who, first of all, has like maybe even verbally given people permission? Like, I'm sure you have people that you're like, hey, when you see this start to happen or like patterns, you have permission to like say that or whatever. Or even just people that feel a closeness with you enough to say like, hey, I love you. And so you're struggling this way. And again, I know that some people don't have that and like want that community. But I think that's important to look at sometimes. Like, am I being the kind of person that like allows people to speak into my life? Because when you were talking about community and being alone, I'm like, I think it's Satan. And I also think it's the enemy. And it's also just our culture right now that we wouldn't need people like you should be able to do everything in life alone. And no one could do it better than you doing it on your own. And I just Mm -hmm. think it's such a lie because it's a scary place to be. It's like, oh, there's some kind of weird pride or sense of, oh, wow, I don't need anyone, anything. And then ultimately like God to help me through this life. And I think that's just a scary place to be. So I love that you mentioned that too. Not to jump, like we were just talking about such deep things, but can we just talk skincare for a second? Because I, to like wrap us up, unless there's anything else deep you want to share before we talk about your favorite products, but I love skincare. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> Samantha's a skincare junkie, as I'm she likes junkie. to say. Like, I think it's bad. Like my esthetician's probably like, you need to quit trying. I've tried to stop. I'm using the same products now for a while, but I used to just be like, oh my gosh, I want to trade this and this and this. So what are some of your products that you're currently loving? Because we love to share fun products with people. Everyone get out your pens. Yeah. I am not your typical esthetician because I am a product junkie myself. So I encourage playing around, Mm -hmm. trying new things. If you're trying something and don't love it, try another one. I think skincare should be fun. The best skincare is the one you're going to use. So that's my approach to it. And as long as you have someone guiding you and helping you find the things that aren't going to make your skin worse or react negatively, Mm -hmm. there's no harm in trying something new, especially 
it comes to like a cleanser, moisturizer, stuff like that, that's not enacting change. So I always tell people if it's like your correction product, mm-hmm. find one that you like and stick with it. But okay. if it's like a moisturizer, cleanser, like let's play around with yeah. it. Why not? Oh, there you go. Okay, wait, um, I just thought of something. It. So could you give us one high end skincare product you love and then one like drugstore, like someone could go out and buy it today Ooh, at yeah. Walgreens or yeah, whatever love. that you love, if you when have I- any that you love? Yes. So high end, I have two that immediately come to mind. One is in is clinicals brightening complex. So this is a medical grade antioxidant serum. You can use it morning and night. It also has melanin inhibitors, which sounds scary, Mm -hmm. but it helps with melasma and hyperpigmentation. Need it right here. Which is why. (laughs) Yes. I also love this clinical. It's a pregnancy safe line. It is a little bit more pricey, but it's my favorite product for anyone that's struggling with melasma, which is my biggest skin condition. The other one I'm loving right now is from another medical grade line called Skin Better Sciences. They have a Tone Smart mm. sunscreen and it blends in with almost any Fitzpatrick type. Doesn't leave a white cast. It's been tested by the Skin Cancer Association to be sport safe. So it's great for like sweating, swimming. It's water resistant. It's SPF 75, which is amazing. So that's like a great summer product. Low end Neutrogena Hydra Boost Mm. Moisturizer. I've seen the commercials for that. Me too. It's acne safe. It's super hydrating. It's great for guys because it's like a gel formula. My husband and my brother love that one. And it's like in a cute little jar. So it's fun to use too. But that's like my favorite drugstore moisturizer. I think my like pride of my life this year has been my husband (laughs) turned 31 in June. And I think my biggest accomplishment this summer has been that he puts on SPF every day now. I'm like... Oh, that's I'm so just amazing. getting my husband to like actually cleanse his face. Well, every Justin day. still does like he just like splashes yeah. the water. I'm like, come on, Andrew, like yeah. gotta cleanse your face. Yeah. I'm like, it's an immediate turn off when the beard smells. Oh, so I'm like, you yeah. gotta like scrub oh. up in there. Ew. You know? Yeah. My that's husband's funny. not like not hygienic. Now you're yeah, like, now I'm like, oh gosh, gross. I feel bad. <laughs> Wait, okay, I have a question. I just I've been off of my personal Instagram all summer, but I like on our podcast page or whatever, I've been seeing what is this snail stuff that people are using? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wait, so, I have not even it, seen I think, this. What is I it? think it was on sale. You can buy it on Amazon. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. So first of all, this is another tip. Try not to buy skincare on Amazon. Okay. They don't keep skincare in temperature controlled rooms. Mm. And so the efficacy can go up and down and it can become very skin irritating if okay. it's been in like a very warm or very cold environment. Okay. Good so tip. try to buy like directly from the brand. Mm-hmm. But... The snail mucin, I don't not very familiar with it. Okay. I know it's Korean, so I do trust it because they're like way ahead of us over yes. there. I know it's meant to be hydrating. So it's kind of back to the moisturizer cleanser thing. Anything that's hydrating that's meant to just do that and not change your skin, go ahead and try yeah. it. I don't it's not gonna like mess anything with up. it. Yeah. What would you say other than SPF? Because I feel like that would be like the yes answer. We should all be using SPF. But what would be your like number one esthetician tip? You'd be like, if you are doing one thing, make sure you're doing this other than SPF. Dry skin. Yes. Dry skin is aging skin. So moisturize your skin more than you think. Even my clients are like, why does your skin look like this? I'm like, I literally moisturized four times this morning. I don't stop. And you I, do I, look I, super dewy and Yeah, glowy. I'm like, you're so glowy. But I used to have really, like, I struggled with adult acne. Like, I never had it in high school. And so I used to always be so scared of certain moisturizers, thinking, like, this is going to break me out or whatever. But there's so many products. I think I realized I was breaking out so much because I was 
dry. And then my skin was like producing all this oil, which created the acne, this whole thing. Yeah. So even if you are oily, that's a compensation for dehydrated skin. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between Mm -hmm. dry and dehydrated. Dry skin is a skin type. Dehydrated skin is a skin condition. So if your skin is dehydrated, it's going to compensate by producing more oil, which is going to make you more oily. So the goal for an oily or acne prone client is to find a cleanser and a moisturizer that's balancing out the pH of the skin to its ideal level, which is about 5.5. So you want to find products that are going to help with that so that you're not producing too much oil or too little oil. And that's going to help your acne even more than the best exfoliant in the world yeah this is good oh my gosh you're so this knowledgeable yes guys let's be all be clear <laughs> jessica has a personal page but then also an esthetician page so oh, you okay. should follow both i need because to like you're, if you're going to get more esthetician guidance on the actual esthetician page so will you share can anyone come to your do you call it a skin studio or what did you call it skin studio clinic whatever cool, clinic cool. makes my dad happy because it makes me sound like a doctor yeah i love it studio is probably the correct term but yeah, anyone can come. I am not accepting new clients until September because summer I'm in and out of town, mm-hmm. but I am accepting virtual clients. I do virtual consultations to get skincare. Oh, that's amazing. That's um, Are you judging our skin yes. right now? <laughs> no, I never judge skin unless people ask for it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There Wait, you go. I also have to ask, this was you know not on our list, but your yeah. brows, what do you do with I your brows? I was noticing your brows. They've the always been like a They're statement tinted. piece of yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. I remember first seeing you and I'm like, wow, good brows. Yeah. Like you're beautiful. I mean, good brows really change the face. When I get my brows freshly tinted or laminated, everyone will comment. They can't pinpoint it. But yeah, yeah, tell us brow tips. I'm Italian and my mom never let me touch my brows. There you go. Smart. So you now literally only shape them kind of ish. So I get them shaped twice a year and I go to a girl here. She's just threads them for $15. Oh my gosh. That's all I do. Okay, so just pretty much be Italian. That's your hair color. Be Italian. That's the answer if you want Jessica Clark Higgins We're out of luck on that one. Yeah. I'll just keep tinting my blonde brows. I hated them so much when I was in elementary Mm. school. I used to like shampoo them because I thought that it would make them lighter because I'm like, maybe they're greasy and they're so dark. Like I hated them. (laughs) But now I'm like, no, this is great. Yeah. So. Well, so to yeah. all of us moms who have teenage girls who want to just like make their, we all did uh, it. We all made what? our little brows like tiny little. Oh yeah. That was tiny trend, That was the trend at the time. But your just mom was wise. Don't let your kid pluck yeah. their eyebrows yeah, yeah. or yeah. touch them. It'll come back to the bushy. So. Well, yeah, thank you crazy. so much for coming on. You've been really fun to talk to. Again, will you share your Instagram, your name of your esthetician page, all that. So people know where to find you. And we'll also put them in our show notes. But just so people can hear. So my personal page is Jess Clark with an E at the end and then an underscore because I couldn't change it to Jess Clark Higgins for some reason. So that's my personal. And then my skin page is Just Skin Den, D-E-N for Denver. There you go. And we'll make sure to share both of those in our show notes so you guys can know too. But thank you so much for your time today. It was so fun. It's like the going there vibe to have surface Mm -hmm. level and deep combo in one conversation. So. (laughs) It's the best. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.